morning, everyone. Welcome in. Let's go ahead and get started. We'll open with prayer. Father Jesus, we give you praise, glory, and honor. We thank you for this day, the opportunity to be in the house of God with the people of God. This vessel submits to you, Lord. Have your way. Let your words be my words. Your thoughts be my thoughts. Let nothing come forth of me that is not of you, Father. Open our hearts, those that are hearing this. Let it take root and grow in their lives, Lord, and come back at the time they need it to encourage them and strengthen them, Lord Jesus. Your word says that it will, not, it will not return to you void, and we claim that in the name of Jesus. Enemy of ours, you are not welcome here. In the name of Jesus, you must flee and not return by the blood and the power in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Father, have your will and your way in every facet of this service today as we celebrate and our pastors uh, and their anniversary. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So um, today, if you want to put a title with that, uh, with the sermon, it says, You Are Enough. So many times the enemy will come in and creep in and tell you, that you can't do what God has asked you to do, or and that you're not enough to do what God has asked you to do. And I'm here today to tell you that is a lie from the pit of hell, and uh, not to bite into that bait because that's I'm going to prove that you are you are capable through Christ Jesus to do anything, especially what He's asked you to do. If you turn with me to John six, a very well known story that we tell. An account in the Bible of Jesus, John 6. We'll just read the first so many verses. It says, After these things, Jesus went over to the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of uh, Tiberias, Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. And when Jesus then lifted up his eyes, he saw a great multitude, a great company come unto him. And he said unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him. For he himself knew what he would do. So let me tell you, when God asked you to do something, he has the provision already set forth. Don't think that he don't. Just because you don't see it, like Philip, the provision is already that he knows what he's going to do. So never be uh, afraid that he doesn't have it in control. Just because you can't see it or don't understand it. Philip answered him, he says, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. And one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon's Peter, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, There is a lad here which has five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? And there's where we are. A lot of times we look at what we have and we think, it's just not enough. It is not enough. But what did Jesus do? He said, make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. They didn't count the women and the children, just the men. So there was 5,000, at least men, probably many more when you counted women and children. 
And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed it to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes, as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto him, to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. I'm so grateful. My life of fragments, Jesus is didn't want it to be lost. He says, Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of truth, the prophet, that prophet that shall come into the world. Several years ago I preached a sermon, What do you have in your hand? Because that's all God needs is what you have. And a lot of times we look at our talents, we look at our abilities, our skills, and we think, oh, this is great. But let me tell you, not only did God give those to you, you had nothing probably of yourself, but God wants you. I want you. I watched... uh, one of the chosen series this past week and it was uh, Simon Peter uh, was coming to God and he he was this trained uh, it's one of the Simons I can't remember and he was trained I think it was Peter but he was trained to be a disciple a martyr for Jesus and for the Messiah you know like the Mossad and he had assignments to go in and kill men and and of course, this is, you know, the TV series or the series they're doing. But I was impressed when he finally met Jesus. He asked him what he had. And of course, he had his real important the sword that he had been given. It was beautiful and it was a very important weapon for him to have. And he gave it to Jesus and Jesus just flung it into the water. He says, I came for you. I want you. And that impressed me so much that I remembered this sermon from years ago, and this is where today's has come from. But you are enough. He doesn't want you because of who you are or what job you have or what your money status is or your clothes or your car. He wants you. You are enough for him. And a lot of times we look at ourselves and we don't see that we are enough But Jesus sees us differently, doesn't he? And if you will look at yourself through the eyes of God, through Jesus, through the sacrifice that he made with all authority and power that you've been given, you'll see a different person than the person that you think you know. You're so different. Jesus in John 35, 6 and 35, I think it's interesting that he did this miracle and then he goes over into uh, he takes the boat. They take a boat and go over into the other ones, uh, another part of the sea. And then the next day they get up and all these people realize Jesus is gone and they go and follow after him. And I think that it's so crazy and it's, it, it is so much like human beings that were seeking after Jesus for the wrong thing. And he actually asked them, he says, you're not here because of, of of the bread you're here because of the bread I gave you the day before you're not here for me see God's always seeking you for who you are 
not what you can do for him. And that was a great example. But if you go on down in this chapter, it says, uh, let's go on down to verse 28, 27. Jesus said, answered them, this is the work of God that you believe on him who has sent you. He tells them not to seek him. They seek him because of the miracles. Uh, but I love verse 27. It says, Labor not for the meat which perish, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall, gave, shall give unto you, for he hath God the Father sealed. For him hath God the Father sealed. And he says, This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he has sent. And they go on, Oh, our fathers ate manna in the desert. You know, you know hey, we're, we're in just because of that, who we know. We're birthright. And he, he said that, hey, my father gave you manna. <laughs> he says, verily, verily, I say unto you, verse 32, Moses gave you not the bread, that bread from heaven, but my father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto him, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that you also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. It's amazing that we have this living bread that, you know, Christ calls himself the everlasting living bread. If you go on down to chapter, uh, verse 44, it says, uh, they started to murmur amongst themselves. And he says, murmur not amongst yourself. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the... And the prophecies, and they shall all be taught of God. And every man therefore hath, that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. Verse 47, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am that bread of life. Your father did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. Again, 51, he says, I am the living bread which came, which came down from heaven, and if man, any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever, and the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. It's so often, when you think about the little boy, he had something that he didn't obtain for himself, did he? His mama and his daddy gave that to him, that little lunch. And so many times when we go out to do the will of God, we think it has to be something that we have. But let me tell you, it's what God gave you that makes it work. If you walk it out properly, it's what God gave you. You know, the first thing the little boy did was had to take it from his parents. And then he had to be willing to give it, submit it to Jesus. And then he had to sit there and watch his lunch be prayed over, blessed and broken and given to the multitudes. Did you ever think that maybe he sat there for one moment and thought, am I going to get to eat? <laughs> that was my stuff to begin with. 
often do we think about God's gifts that way. What we have, the bread and the meat that he gave for us. He gave it for us to give to us, to give to others. It's not just for you to eat on. Yes, you will enjoy the benefits and the promises and of God being in your life, but this is what qualifies you. This is why you are enough. It is not something from you. It never has been. What's enough is what the blood that covers you. For when God sees you, he sees his son. He doesn't see Sonia and all her mistakes, all her shortcomings. He sees a woman walking in the blood of Jesus Christ covered in humility and obedience. That's what he should see in your life. That's what he should see in my life. This is how I am able to be enough. Because I've done seen where my enough got me and it didn't get me nowhere. But in disease, turmoil, torture, uh, depression, I, I could go on. Suicide, I could go on. It takes you to death ultimately is where it goes. Jesus called himself the living bread. We are to eat of his flesh and drink of his blood. Did you read that in John 6, 53 and 58? You, anyone who eats and drinks. Do you remember the, the Last Supper? This is my flesh it's broken for you. This is my blood spilled for you. It's a covenant. When you're in that covenant, you've got to be in that covenant. It doesn't qualify you if you're not in the covenant. You are enough. Luke 9 and 25. I want to read that for you real quick. Um, Christ is talking to the disciples. In this one, he's fed the 5,000. Luke 9, 25. Let's go to... Um, it's 23, I'm sorry. And he said unto them, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. And whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man uh, what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself and be cast away? Deny self, take up your cross daily and follow me. That's the commission. That's what you've been commissioned to do. This is what how you live like Christ. This is what he did for us. He came and lived Holy and righteous, according to the will of the Father. He says, I've done nothing on my own. I have to do what God sent me to do. My Father sent me to do. He says, I don't want part. He says, I don't even say anything unless my Father sends me to say, to say it. John 4. Go back to John 4. Again, he's reiterating an earlier chapter. John 4 and 34. And I'm talking about what qualifies you, what makes you enough because you are enough. And this is the scene where he talked to the woman at the well. The disciples were gone to get him meat. And they come back and he says, In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Therefore 
said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to meat? And Jesus spoke unto them, says, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. His work. Did you hear yourself on any of that? One part. To do the will of the Father that sent him. That's, that's what you're called to do. You're called to do the will of God and to finish his work. Nothing of you in there at all. You are equipped to do it. You are able. Purpose, if you look at John 4 and 35, let's read on. It says, Say not ye that you are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, and that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. There's your purpose. There's a harvest. You're called to harvest. That's called to deny self, pick up your cross, follow what Christ did. What did he do? He came to save us. And we're just pointing everybody to him. Here he is. This is why I'm able to do this. It's not in my own power. It's not because I can do this or I was blessed to do that. No, it is Jesus in me. Jesus in me. By his divine power. Second Peter 1 and 3, and I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation. It says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by his means, by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. By coming to know him, I have this power. The more you realize who you are in Christ Jesus and who Christ is and the power and authority you walk in, the more you're able to step out. In those times when it seems like all you have is five loaves and two fish. This is all I got, God. I'm giving it to you, though. Take it and do what you will with it. Guide me, direct me, and I will be your vessel. That's all he's wanting. Someone who's just crazy enough to believe it. That's what I do every Sunday. I get up here every Sunday just thinking... I'm just going to do what you want me to do. This is where you put me. This is where you planted me. This is what you called me to do at this time in my life. And I keep going one foot in front of the other. Despite the battles. Despite the enemy. Despite my kids. Despite my family. Despite my job. Despite whatever is going on in life. I just keep offering him those two fish. And those five loaves. And I know it's not anything that I have. It's what he gave me. To give. I'm giving it back and I'm saying, here, let's do something great with it. Let's feed the five thousands. Let's see the dead rise. Let's see the diseases gone. Let me see the, the dumb talk and the deaf hear. I want to see it because I know you can do it and I want to do my part. Here's what I have in my hands it's what you gave me, it's your flesh. It's your bread, it's your blood, it's your body. I'm giving you back, and I'm willing to submit to whatever you're calling me to do. Here it is. Will you give it back to him? 
Will you allow him to bless it and break it and feed the thousands with what you have in your hand? 2 Corinthians 3 and 5, it says, Now that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, not, it says not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. If you read the uh, verse 6, it says, by the Spirit, which brings life, which gives life. I looked up the word sufficient in the Hebrew or the Greek translation. It means that you have ability, which is skill and talent. You have power, which is strength, might, and force. And you have fitness, which is endurance and the energy. Now that you are all those things through Christ, through God, through the Holy Spirit that lives within you, you are sufficient for God. Ability, power, fitness. Isn't that awesome? To think that I have all that within me through Christ Jesus, if I will allow it. The enemy likes to tell you it's not possible. Philippians 4 and 13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Again, not in your own strength. There will be times you're on your knees asking God for strength to go the next step. Don't think it's strange. It's okay. We got a whole Bible full of people who did those things. Whole Bible full of them. Mighty men of God. Mighty women of God. Asking God to strengthen them to do what they know they're called to do. The enemy says you can't do it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Remind him who you are. The next thing he likes to tell you is you can't do it. You can't do it. I just read you a bunch of scriptures that said that you could. I'm going to throw one more in there. Matthew 19 and 2. With men... This is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And where does God reside? Within me. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. When the enemy comes and, sl and slings those lies at you, you and somebody has asked you to step out in faith, you remember who you are. And you remember who he is. Because it's not anything that you have that's going to make this happen. It's going to be the fishes and loaves that he gave you. It's his body and his blood. He gave it to you so that you could come. He says, you will do greater things than I have done. He told the disciples when he was, you're going to do greater things than I've done. With technology today, we have that ability to reach further and to go further. And when you begin to doubt, just a little, doubt is one of those little things that likes to worm its way in. If you leave a crack, it's going to get in the door. It's going to come in and say, it's not possible. You can't do it. Oh, he don't love you that much. He's not going to set you up for good. Jeremiah 29 and 11 is one that we like to quote a lot. It says, for I know the plans I have for you. I have 
uh, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. That is the New Living Translation, Jeremiah 29 and 11. Isn't that awesome? When you start remembering that the, the King James Version says, I, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. It says, Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and you shall seek me and find me, when you seek, search for me with all your heart, and I will be found of you, saith the Lord. Jeremiah 20 and 11. He has a plan for you. It's his plan. Are you going to be the little boy that kept the fishes and loaves to yourself because you didn't want to share it with anybody else? You were afraid there wasn't enough for everybody? Are you? Are you going to willingly hand it over? You gave it to me, God. Here it is. Do what you want with it. Here I am. Do what you want with me. It works this way in your tithes, in your offerings, in your time, in your words, in your heart, in your thoughts. Everything. Everything. Give it to God. Give it to him. I dare you. See what he does with it. See where he takes you. See how many people are blessed because you submitted to God's will. And you realize that, yes, with Christ, I am enough. Father, we thank you for your encouraging words today. We thank you, Lord, that you have equipped us to do what you've called us to do. That the provision is already there. We just have to be willing to submit and surrender our lives, our time, our our will, our thoughts. Whatever it is you're calling us into, Father, we just have to be willing to walk it out. Father, I thank you that you've let us know today that we are enough. That we don't have to listen to the enemy's lies of what we were and what we did and what we said and what was done to us or what wasn't done to us. Father, that in you we are enough. We are whole. We are are called and blessed by you. And that you have great plans for us. And, Father, I want those plans to be my plans. Help us, Lord Jesus, at the right time for these words to come back so that we can grow and be the army of God we are called to be at this time and hour in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.